morning, everybody. Welcome to Watershed. My name is Drew. So glad to see you this beautiful morning. How many of you ate an elephant ear in the last week? Come on, I know you did. Anyone see the fireworks? Anyone see the crescendo band? Anyone just avoid tulip time altogether? <laughs> okay, <laughs> represent. Um, if you avoided tulip time altogether, what did you do instead? Go on ahead and just take a minute to greet the people around you, share what you did, and whether you were at tulip time or whether you avoided it. All right, well, as we get into our time of worship today, just have some scripture for us to just kind of center our minds and our hearts. You've probably heard this one before. This is Psalm 23. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a psalm of David, and he was remembering that God is to be trusted, that he could rest in God, that God was a good shepherd, and he would take care of his, his sheep. We see time and time again in Scripture, uh, God's people are referred to as sheep. Maybe because he thinks we're cute and fluffy, or maybe because he thinks we're kind of, you know, like sheep, a very, not very intelligent animal. But it's good to know that we have a good shepherd, right? That he's going to take care of his flock. All of us, you and me, everyone in this room, God is good, and he's going to take care of us, watch out for us. So as we sing this next song, it's just an invitation for us all to sing, God, you're my Lord. You're the Lord of my life. You are my shepherd. So we'll sing this together, the Lord our God.
Good morning. Ooh, that's loud. All right, let's pray. Father God, we praise you with a thousand hallelujahs. We praise you this morning for the sun shining. We praise you for the mothers we get to celebrate today. We praise you for bringing us to church this morning. May you just penetrate us with your word. Um, May we just go throughout this week praising you evermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. God's grace and peace be with you. His love, his favor, his life. Uh, It's good to be able to gather for worship this morning. I want to say happy Mother's Day to those of you who are moms, who are grandmas, who are aunts, who act like moms, who are friends to friends, children like moms. Um, It's a day to be able to give our gratitude um, to those in our lives who have who have been that figure in our life, um, that caretaker uh, to us. I hope that you have had someone in your life uh, to be that person. And if you haven't, you still have. Because our gracious God continues to be that parent who cares for us, who watches over us. Um, so the best we see in our moms is, is a, a picture of God's goodness in our lives. Amen. So uh, with that being said, I also want to just kind of acknowledge something this morning. It looks a little different up here, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I want to give props to Drew this morning. Uh, Drew has put in a lot of time and effort uh, building some new kind of set design, stage design that's movable. Thanks, Nora. I know you did a little painting, and Gary made sure we had wheels that roll well. Like, the, the pallets we had were not supposed to be long-term, and they ended up how many years? <laughs> That's what happens. But, uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks, Drew, for uh, kind of spicing up our life a little bit more in worship and using your creativity and gifts um, to just, yeah, bring a little freshness to worship here um, at Watershed. Uh, a couple announcements, uh, ministry highlights I want to uh, point out for us this morning. First is we have a 10-day auction fundraiser going on, and yes, it is to help us resurface our parking lot. Yay! I don't think you want to know how much that costs. <laughs> um, but, you know, thanks to long-term planning, I mean, we, we certainly uh, plan for these things, but additional help and support is certainly necessary. Um, and so we're running an auction. There are things from old pews. I mean, everybody likes a little something different. But there's old pews from the sanctuary that got pulled out. There are our former tables that we used every week at Watershed, if you want a little nostalgia. Um, I don't know how long they're going to last, but I, you know, I'm not doing a good job of selling them. I? <laughs> you can see up here if you, I mean, that is my, I'm going for the little tricycle. You, y'all want to see me ride around on that. Um, <laughs> But uh, if you go to hardawake.com um, and under signups, you can look at all the auction items. Uh, today, next week, Sunday, uh, out in the shop. So if you kind of head out these side doors, over to the right will be the shop. You can walk through till noon, kind of see what's available. But if you want to kind of help us um, with um, both kind of passing on some stuff we don't need anymore, but you'd love to use. Um, and resurface parking lot, we would appreciate it. So uh, keep an eye out for that over the next couple weeks. Tomorrow we have a series, we, we do this kind of on a monthly basis, Heart of White get-togethers uh, at 1130 in uh, the great room in the Red Brick Building. Uh, there's going to be lunch and bingo. So if lunch and bingo is speaking to you today, um, it's a great opportunity to spend some time together. Uh, and then finally, um, if you want to just continue to think about partnering with us financially in ministry, uh, one of the ways that we do that is through our gifts. Regularly, we have boxes at the doors. You can give via the kiosk outside, online, or on the mobile app. So um, we certainly appreciate your support as we minister together uh, to share good news. So uh, with all that being said, let's go to our God in prayer this morning. Our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for being a good God. Lord, you certainly deserve all of our praise to the Lord's, our hallelujahs. 
Lord, you're good. As Drew mentioned, you, you are good. You're a good shepherd. You're the one who has our lives in your hands. You're the one who's with us in the valleys of the darkest shadows, in the valley of the shadow of death, and you're the one who celebrates with us on the mountaintop. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You are truly faithful. Lord, may that be the message we are reminded of every week. That we have freedom in you, Jesus, in your finished work. That which you did on the cross and in your resurrection has done everything we could not do for ourselves. We could not even comprehend that needs to be done. So that we can have our life, our being, our breath, and we can be restored to you. Lord, thank you that you offer us not only family, but friendship. Your friendship, community with one another. Lord, thank you that we can gather here to worship you and and be a small picture of what your church looks like globally around the world. God, we pray that you bless your church, not only in this community, in our country, but around the world. Lord, that people will come to know your goodness and your grace your forgiveness, Lord, in the face of our sins and our mistakes and your new life. God, use us to be representatives of your glory. Father, we think this morning of those in our own community and and especially our church family, God, who are wrestling with disease and illness, who've gone through surgeries recently, who are in the hospital even as I speak. God, we pray for your peace to overwhelm and sustain, your, your strength to carry and renew, for a healing power over that which physically ails us, but also psychologically does as well. God, work your healing out on earth as it is in heaven, and continually remind us of the hope we have that's bigger than even life itself. Lord, we thank you this week uh, for tulip time in, in our West Michigan and Holland. Lord, thank you for all the visitors and guests who were, be able, who were able to come into this space and time for the amount of safety um, that there was uh, throughout everything that took place. And um, Lord, for the blessing that is to businesses and um, while sometimes it can interrupt our lives and disrupt things a little bit, uh, we thank you um, for for all of those guests and, and those who during this summer season will, will come into town, I pray, God, that we are hospitable hosts. That we are kind and gracious, not only to those that we see every day, but to those who we, we've never met, who've never met us. And that, Lord, we can leave a good taste in their mouths. A good feeling, a, 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 a little brief piece of joy for having interacted with us. Now, Lord, as we uh, talk about Sabbath, a day that you set aside for rest, to cease, to stop, and also a day to celebrate, to enjoy and engage you. Holy Spirit, give rest to our souls. Meet us as you have met us in song and in prayers already. Meet us through your word. Meet us through this gift. God, and and renew us, recalibrate us, reorient us to the kingdom in which we have a part of, we live in that is eternal because of you. So Holy Spirit, move, lead us, guide us in your sake and in your glory, for your sake and for your glory, Lord, we pray these things. All God's children said. So we finished up the story last week and, and talked about God's new kingdom, and, and it led me to think about this week uh, talking about the Sabbath, right? this day of rest. If you notice, the title is The Gift of Sabbath. John Mark Comer, who is a pastor and author, by the way, if I can recommend a book for you to read this morning other than the Bible, certainly recommend the Bible, we're going to read from that. But uh, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, 
Um, if you didn't know, we have a, a podcast called Fear and Trembling, where us as pastors have talked for two seasons on different books. This was one of the first books we ever did. Um, and it still lasts and sticks, sticks with me. The ruthless elimination of hurry. Right? Why would I recommend that today? Because Sabbath, long before it was ever a command, it's part of God's Ten Commandments for us, right? The do's of our life. This is what you should do. But long before it was ever a command, the Sabbath was a gift. And if I can have you remember anything today, it's that. And when God set aside a day to rest, when the very God himself that created the world said, you know what, after six days of creating, I'm going to rest. FYI, the Lord Almighty, okay, so think as big as you can of God, okay? Maybe you need to think of the, the stratosphere, the universe, the stars, the, I don't know, you know, maybe it's a mountain, Mount Everest. I, think of the biggest thing you can about God. And what did God do on the seventh day? God rested. And so he says, I give you this gift, rest. Is Sabbath a gift? Is it a part of our lives? I'm going to give us this phrase this morning that Sabbath is reorienting ourselves in a disorienting world. Right, the ruthless elimination of hurry. How many of you feel like life is a pressure cooker sometimes? Right, it just feels like go, go, go. It feels like there's one thing after another. It, it feels like we need to perform all of the time. Or we need to posture ourselves all of the time. Right, We need to pay attention to how people are seeing us. We need to produce all the time. Anybody ever feel like that? Hey, moms, do you ever feel like you got to produce all the time? <laughs> right? Our life has pressure, one pressure after another. And yet Sabbath is a moment where God says, hey, listen, all of those pressures in the world, I, I want to invite you to say those things don't own you and those things don't define you. That as a gift, this day of rest in our life is to help us be reoriented to how life really is versus the way the world wants to continue to shape us and move us. Because all throughout the biblical story, uh, the people who knew that Sabbath was a gift were just like us, and they struggled, and they forgot about it, and they pressed, and they moved into, even when they had rules, the rules became so much that they had to keep that it was like that was work in and of itself. But God says to us today, hey, you get to cease, stop. It's a day to cease, to stop, and rest, and it's also a day to celebrate, to enjoy and engage me. I wonder how we're doing in the rhythm of our lives. Is the pressure cooker of life filling us, pressing in on us? Is the hurry of our lives, the busyness that oftentimes we prize, right? We put on our banner, oh, look at what I've done. Is the pressure to produce, perform, to posture ourselves, right? Is that what's dividing us? Or is a life where there is a rhythm where we can, be, we can rest we can be reoriented, part of our lives. I want to take us to the scriptures. As I said, it is a gift before a command, but I want to look at God's command of the Sabbath. And we're going to look at Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, both when this commandment was given to the people at Mount Sinai in, as they were coming out of Egypt. And as it was reestablished, it was reaffirmed before they went into the promised land. Let's hear God's scripture today. In verse 8 of Exodus 20, we hear this. Remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, consecrated, set apart, special. Okay? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Does he say, hey, don't work? No. Actually, the commandment says six days you got to labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, 
nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. The Lord Almighty who created everything rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. After these words were said in Deuteronomy, we hear this. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Right After God makes this day holy, remember that on this Sabbath, remember in this space, remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. Right? There was no break. There was no rest. You were producing. You were there doing what someone else was telling you, whether you like it or not. But while that took place, remember while you were slaves, that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. The Lord saved you. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The first thing that I want us to think about today is that it's holy. It's consecrated. It's set apart. Do we in our lives and in the rhythm of our lives, are we carried by a schedule or do we control the schedule? Right? Does the schedule control us or do we control it? Because God says, hey, when it comes to ordering our lives, when it came to ordering the world, he goes, work is a great thing. You got six days to do it. By the way, in Genesis 1 and 2, when God created the world, he created man, put him in the garden, Adam and Eve, and said, tend to it. So work, even before sin entered, by the, word, by the way, work does not equal sin. I know some of you believe that. Work has been tainted by sin. It's certainly like everything else has been messed up by brokenness. However, work is a God-given gift. We're to, like God, with God, be co-creators in the world. Put our minds, our hands, our, thi- like our, 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 hand, our, our energies into things. However, what we notice right away in the scripture and in God's story is what? After six days of creating, the Lord rested. And we hear God give a command to his people. Why do we need commands? It's because we can't remember. Amen? Why is there such thing as a honey-do list? Uh-huh. Right, right. Saying nothing more. How about a chores list? Anyone? <laughs> How about reminders on our phone? Anybody? Why do we need those reminders? Why do we need those commands? Because we're not great at remembering. And God goes, what I want you to remember, what I want consecrated, set apart in your life, a rhythm that didn't exist outside of God. As far as scholarship knows, in a lot of different things in Judaism, you can see practices from other cultures taken and then reshaped and reformed around God. But Sabbath is the, one of the only things that we know existed only in the realm of Judaism in the story of God told in the scriptures that it came from God in the very beginning. No other cultures had a day of rest. That wasn't how it rolled. You got to rest if you were rich, but if you were a laborer, sorry, seven days a week, that's all you are, right? You're slaves in Egypt. I mean, this is the way we roll. But God says, not in my story. My story is while we create, we work, this is a good thing. Part of my story is to rest. Is to seek. And I want you to to remember that. I want you to celebrate that. I want you to make that holy in your life. Because it's a gift. The God who created us knows what we need to survive. How many of us can go non-stop all the time. I like to think I can, but I can't. And what happens when we go non-stop, when we don't cease? Stress, anxiety, depression, physical, worn out, illness. You know, back in the French Revolution, they tried to go to a 10-day work week to increase productivity. Man, it sounds a lot like, like, sounds a lot like U.S. ingenuity, right? I'm all about, let's, let's, let's get after it, right? Ten-day work week. You want to know how well that worked? 
lowered productivity, after lowering productivity, increase of suicide rates, increase of depression, anxiety. Huh, interesting. That when God who created humanity in his image, the God who goes, part of my image is to actually cease, to stop and rest. Part of what I want is you live in the rhythm of my life. It, it, part of this gift that I, lit, I sat in, I rested in, I, I'm going to give to you. Stop. How many, how many times have you ever had somebody kind of going out of control in your life and you're like, seriously, stop. No, 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 stop. Stop. <laughs> right? Got done coaching. Uh, man, we had a fun JV season with our, with our girls over at West Ottawa. Coaching tennis, love it. But I think one of my favorite things throughout the season has been when uh, our doubles, we played doubles in, in tennis uh, on the JV team, no singles. Uh, but that uh, was when a team would be like, at, at the switch, when they switch sides, they'd be like, hey, coach, come here. Come here, we need one of your talks. Like, okay, 20 minutes? No, not a 20 minutes, sir. <laughs> we, we, we need one of your talks. How often it was, okay, slow down. Breathe. What's going on? Right, how, many, how many times, parents, have you done that with your kids? S slow down. Stop. It's fitting that when Sabbath, when the Jewish people celebrated Sabbath, it started with the night. It started with the evening. It started with a meal and then what? Sleep. Whether it's the end of the week or the beginning, I mean, that's the kind of the beauty of the Sabbath day and in tradition and in, in, in the rhythm of life. Is, is it at the end of the week or is it at the beginning? Chicken or the egg? Eh? <laughs> but the first thing that you get to do in that rhythm is what? Sleep. To let our body breathe. To stop, to rest. And God goes, I know you need it. Now, we're a culture that says, no, we really don't. You know, we moved from 10, 11 hours of sleep before Thomas Edison in the light bulb to six on average if we're good. We have people, leaders even in our country, I don't have to sleep. I only sleep three hours a day. Yep, and that would make me go, I wonder how well you're making decisions. Because the rhythm of our lives, I don't care who it is, it can be your boss. It doesn't matter. The rhythm of our life, you are not a machine. And by the way, how many of you run machines? Do those ever wear out? No. So you mean the industrial revolution isn't the answer to all things? Everything created is limited. And the God of the world who knows that about us says, let me give you a gift. Stop. Rest. Breathe. What does it take to stop and rest? Or as Walter Brueggemann, who was an Old Testament kind of theologian, he says, this Sabbath is an act of resistance. It's to live an alternative way. What does it take to do that? Give us one word this morning, trust, doesn't it? To sleep, to stop, to rest, we've got to trust that the world doesn't depend on me, amen? Like in the Old Testament when he said, when God goes, you know what, I'm going to give you food in the desert, and I'm going to give you this manna and this quail every day, but on this Sabbath day, I'm not. And so on Friday, as you're preparing uh, for Friday night into Saturday, which was their Sabbath, uh, I'm going to give you enough so that you can gather for two days. Every other day, gather for one day, but for that day, you're going to gather for two. And, and because I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to have you out working, I'm not gonna, we're not going to have the same rhythm as every other day, right? It's not just a day off. We won't even talk about what Eugene Peterson says about that. It is not a nice term. 
So Sabbath isn't just a day off, right, so that you can do your honey-do list, that you can do every other, you can just work, but just work in a different way. No, this is a day where you need to actually stop. You need to resist that the world revolves around you. You need to breathe and you need to trust. You need to trust that I provide. You need to trust that I've got the world in my hands. You need to trust that you are not the most important thing in the world to the world. I am. For us to stop, to cease, we've got to trust. So is God, if he goes, hey, I'm going to give you this gift of rest, is he worthy of your trust? Or are you relying on yourself? I want to invite you to begin to trust him a little bit more and find a day where you can rest. I know it's hard, but to take a day to enter the rhythm that God gifts to us, to breathe, to stop, to be reoriented, to recover. Step in. Not only that it's a day to cease, the word Sabbath, whether it's the noun or the verb, also means to celebrate. It's a day where we're meant to enjoy and engage God. Actually, in Exodus, both in Exodus and in Deuteronomy, it says a Sabbath to the Lord. It's a, it's a day not for us simply just to be consumed with my own joy, my own desires. I mean, that's great. Find things that we enjoy. God rested on the Sabbath, and what did he do? He looked over all creation and said, man, this is good. Sabbath in its history and in, in, in its creation was meant to be a day where we get to do something else that we don't do normally. So if it means pick up a book and read it, how about that? If you don't enjoy reading a book, then don't pick up a book. <laughs> for some of you, it may actually be gardening. And for you, I don't know how this works, you know who I'm talking to, Drew. <laughs> like, it's life-giving. For me, it's painful toil. It is resemblance of Genesis 3. <laughs> right? For some of you, to be able to go for a walk, a hike, or a run, and others of you are like, heck no, I am kicking my feet up. <laughs> There is a lot of ambiguity about what it means to enjoy on this day, but it's a day where we get to actually step back, and it says what? The Lord blessed the day. It means he filled that day with some things that bring joy and life. That in blessing the Sabbath, he says, you know what? And you've been working for the quote-unquote weekend. How many of you know that song? Right, where we can actually celebrate the good things that we've put our hands to. We can stop, look back, and go, wow, what? Praise you, God. We can engage. Now, the danger is, is if we choose to not make a Sabbath to the Lord and just make it a day off, the things we enjoy can become idols really quickly. So then we worship and we, we bow down to something else, the creation rather than the creator. And that's always a good litmus test in the celebrating on a Sabbath. Are you reading just because you love to read? Or are you re reading because it's actually a gift of God and it leads you to praise, to honor, to glorify? There are days, because I grew up working on a golf course, and I loved striping greens and fairways and tee boxes, where I can actually mow my grass on, su <gasps> on Sunday. My, my day gets really jacked up because I'm working already on Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> so actually, I Sabbath on Friday. Um, I, I, I take time to go, you know what, I've got to stop. Barring some kind of emergency, I actually need to cease, I need to stop, I need to rest, I am of no good to anyone or anything, I'm no good to myself if I don't take this time, right? I understand God's gift, but I can also waste that day away doing things I love without any connection to God. I can forget that it's while I cease, I celebrate, I stop, I rest, I enjoy, there are plenty of days where I do not engage. And then I find that the rest and the stopping really didn't do anything. Because I wasn't filled by the fountain. 
by the water of life. I wasn't filled by the one who said, you know what, I want you to set aside this day to remember me. Leviticus 23, which is a book of the law for the people of God, says this. There are six days when you may work, right? Go for it. Six days you can work. Seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest. A day of sacred assembly. It says this in the midst of all of the festivals, the seven festivals that, that, that the Jewish people celebrated in remembering God, right? What does he say? What do we, we read in Deuteronomy? Remember what God has done in your life. It's a day to go, man, God carried me through this week. You know what? Man, God got this next week ready for me. It's a gift ahead. But I anchor myself in him because he is my life. It's hard isn't it, to anchor ourselves in God when we're busy. Amen? When the first thing out of our, in our minds in the morning is, I got to go brush my teeth, I got to make sure, you know what, the alarm already, I hit snooze too many times, I'm running out the house, because we never do that. And it's hard when we go, oh man, this meeting took too long and I've got to run. Wait, I thought I was going to have lunch today. Right, in the midst of all of that pressure cooker, God goes, hey, I'm giving you a day. Stop, rest, cease. But I'm also giving you a day to celebrate. Enjoy. Enjoy what I've given you, my gifts. The blessing that exists when you finally get to stop. And enjoy me. Engage me. Stop. Take a moment. That's why we celebrate. That's why for years upon years, we have celebrated either along with the Jewish people on the Friday into Saturday or for us, the Lord's Day on Sunday. Why did it get shifted? Because of the resurrection of Jesus. They moved it in the early church to Sunday because Jesus was raised on Sunday, so that might as well be the Lord's Day. <laughs> but we gather so that we as a people remember. Not just me as a person remembers, but we remember. That life is so much more than the one we're living six other days. It reorients us in a disorienting world. Folks, Sabbath is a gift. The last thing I want to say about this is the fact that Sabbath in Scripture and throughout Scripture, there's so many things we could talk about with Sabbath, but Sabbath itself was a call back to the Garden of Eden in a vision forward to the garden of the new creation. So if you remember last week, the new creation that we are looking forward to, that we're hoping for, where there is peace, where there is rest, where there is no more sin, no more brokenness, there is no more posturing, there is no more pandering, there is no more production, there is no more performing. We just get to be, right? We're human beings, not human doings. Sabbath is a picture of the garden past and the garden future so we can have a taste of that garden today. It's a gift today. We all know we need some reorienting, amen? Life controls us. We need to remember we need a command sometimes. God commands what he knows for us to be good. He reminds us of the things where we need life. Are we stopping? Are we slowing down? Are we enjoying? Are we engaging our God? Because it's a gift. Abraham Joshua Heschel, Heschel was a rabbi, a uh, mini Jewish rabbi, and he says this. Unless one learns how to relish the taste of Sabbath, one will be unable to enjoy the taste of eternity in the world to come. Let me read that one more time. Unless one learns how to relish the taste of Sabbath, one will be unable to enjoy the taste of eternity in the world to come. Sabbath is a moment where we get to truly spend time, communion with God without anything else. And he says, I'm giving it one day out of your week. I'm giving that gift to you. Will you take it? 
Part of celebrating communion this morning is the fact that communion helps us to be reoriented, doesn't it? It reminds us of the gospel story over and over again. Last couple weeks, we got to celebrate a baptism, and then we got to celebrate profession of faith. It's in communion that we're nourished in the promises we've received in those great moments and story in the grace of God. We're reminded that every time we break bread, that Jesus says, hey, this is my body given for you. As often as you do this, remember me. And we're reminded that every time after breaking the bread, he took the the juice and he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We're reminded that we are a forgiven people. Not that we can earn it. Not that we have improved enough to finally take of it. But in Christ, we are truly free. That is grace. That we have been welcomed at God's table as members of his family. Not even strangers or aliens in their courts but truly welcomed as part of God's family. He says, you belong at my table because you're mine. We're reminded that any way that this makes sense is because of God's spirit living in us. The way that grace works and becomes real for us, it's a work of God in us. And we need that spirit today to take this physical act and do something in us spiritually. To fill us with that grace again, to fill us with that freedom, to fill us with that rest. And we're also reminded that this this table is a symbol of what Sabbath is, of a future that is still yet to come, where all things will be made new. It is our hope. So I pray today that your trust, your faith is nourished in this communion. I pray that you can experience the love of Jesus Christ, of God our Father, And I pray that in this, you may receive peace, rest, as today we rest, as people not formed by the world, but people who are formed in the image of our creator God, who has loved us and redeemed us. I'm going to pray, and then uh, as I'm praying, I want to invite those who are serving uh, to come forward as well as our worship team. Let's pray. God, thank you that you give us a day to rest, a day to stop. It's hard to stop. It's hard to rest because we are so caught up in the pressures of our life and of this world. We get caught up in the lie that we, the world truly depends on us, otherwise it will not function. Lord, the world depends on you. You have it in your hands. May we be nourished in trust and faith today. May we be nourished in your rest and in your peace. God, the table was never meant to be something somber. It was actually meant to be a celebration. As you've gifted us with Sabbath to celebrate, to enjoy the world, to enjoy the things in this world you've given to us, as well as you who is the giver of all good things. Lord, we pray that this can be truly a celebration today as we participate in your table. We eat of this bread and this take of this juice. Lord, that we can celebrate that you didn't just rescue the people from Egypt. You rescue the people from us, from our sin, our brokenness. Lord, like Jesus, who did most of his healing on the Sabbath so that people could see that salvation has come. Lord, help us again be reminded that salvation has come and may it give us joy today through your spirit. God, thank you for the gift of your word, which speaks your truth, and the gift of this bread and juice in which we can taste and see that you are good. Holy Spirit, work, breathe into us as we breathe you, take you in. Pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said.
as they're getting set up, as is our practice, we kind of come down the side of these aisles, these tables, make a U around. Um, and other than that, I'm going to say, come, for all things are now ready.
God's word, whether we participate in the table, whether you stop and rest, let your eyes close, your heart slow down. God is faithful. That is his story, and because it's his story, it's ours. Brothers, sisters, trust him. Find a day to stop and rest, to enjoy and engage the fountain of life, the living water. As he says, come, come to me and I'll give you rest. Receive this blessing of our God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's children say, Amen. Amen. Again, happy Mother's Day. If you don't mind stacking a couple chairs, we appreciate it. Otherwise, go in peace. <laughs>